Blog Talk Radio.
Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Prayer International Radio, our call-in number, as always. Um, you know what, actually, are you there, Paul? Hey, Paul, are you there? All right, anyway, while we wait for Paul, our call-in number is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for the next, any time in the next two hours, please give us a call. Um, regardless of what nation you're in, once again, our call-in number is 619-638-8458, and we'll be taking your prayer request. Um, you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com, and please visit our website, which is prayerinternational.org. Um, I'm your co-host for tonight, Sean Holmberg, um, along with the anointed um, Paul Pintor, um, you there, Paul? Oh, guess he's still not. Anyway, um, let's see. Hey, Paul, you there? Uh, yes, I'm here. Okay, how are you doing tonight? I'm, uh, doing good. How about yourself? I well, it's been a very long day, and I am glad the show started. Um, you know, it's funny. I was thinking just a few seconds ago before the show started. You know, I really, um, even if nobody listened to the show, I mean, even if we didn't have people from however many different nations it is now that are actually um, listening faithfully, I might add, um, every night. Even if there was nobody calling in, I would still be thrilled to get the ability and the honor to do this show every night, um, every other night, or as often as possible. Um, you know, going through, like, the day was like a horrible day, um, one thing after the other, and um, I'll get into that later, but, um, you know, it's just a relief to actually be able to come in here and spend, I mean, two hours um, worshiping and reading the Word of God and, um talking about Jesus, um, it makes everything else pale in comparison. Um, like the, the verse that says, the things of this earth grow um, strangely dim. And it's true. I mean, you get in the presence of God for just a few seconds and all your worries, all your cares, all the disappointments and whatever else happened just fade away and they don't seem to matter anymore. Um, but uh, how was your day? My day was good. Um, we was talking about the Bible at church today about Mary. And one of the guys said, yeah, he said, you know, they, they all know me, you know, so anyone that sits at my table, we have fun. And, um, he said, you know, um, he said, Mary smoked Jesus' mother. I said, really? Um, he said, yeah, when she went to go see Mary or Elizabeth. It says in the King James Version that she arrived, she lit up her camel. <laughs> I thought, wow. <laughs> I said, hallelujah. I said, I, I'm going to have to tell my brother that because I can't imagine that he won't even want to light up a camel now. Hallelujah. Wow. <laughs> Amen. Wow. Hey, this, <laughs> that's crazy, isn't it? Um, actually, it's funny. Uh, 
you know, I was... Um, How are you doing? I am actually doing pretty amazing. Um, I was talking to Chris earlier, and it's um, it's funny how no matter what happens, how God is always faithful no matter what. Um, so here, here's a quick breakdown um, of the last couple of days. Um, for most of you who, um, or some of you listening to the show know that um, me and my wife have a foster kid. We've had for like almost two years now. And um, so in, in general, we get a foster payment check to cover her expenses and stuff um, every month. Um, you get a check for the previous month. And so we always try to do our budget um, around having that check. So, I mean, because we have to pay for daycare and all sorts of things that we um, never actually used to have. Well, yesterday we got a call, or I, I talked to the CPS worker, which if anybody, of you, any of you here has ever had a foster child, um, you'll understand what I say when I say that we've had a new CPS worker every, like, three to four months for the last two years, which has been sort of frustrating. But um, anyway, so the CPS worker, um, we're getting to the end of the whole ordeal um, where we only have a month or two left and we're going to get permanent custody of this um six-year-old, which is great, and so I was talking to the CPS worker yesterday, just um, getting some stuff in order, and um, she mentions to me, and I was like, well, you know, that check we usually get um, didn't show up, because I had been going over my budget, and um, she's like, well, yeah, I don't get that anymore, and I was like, what? And she's like, well, since um, we're in that last stage, and she went into some details, she said, you don't get it anymore. And I had to tell my wife that, and we had just spent a bunch of money on bills and all who knows what. And, but, and so, like, what happened is, uh, me, I, I, even though I'm trust, I trust the Lord for everything, and I'm still sort of, like, in my head trying to make sense of um, how I'm going to pay this bill and this bill and things like that. And my wife didn't do that, though, um, Rebecca, who um, – is usually asleep any minute now because she um, does a whole lot more in her day than I do in mine, I think. Um, she she told me that when I told her, she got upset for like half a second and then she just looked up to the Lord and, he said, and she said, Lord, you fix it. Well, <laughs> and so that afternoon I went to the mail and just happened to be a check in the mail for the money that we weren't supposed to be getting anymore. I mean, praise God. Um, and it, and so literally, it wasn't supposed to be there. We weren't supposed to be getting it anymore. I don't know how I got in the mailbox, but literally, um, the check showed up anyway. And um, so the faithfulness of God is unbelievable. And the fact that my wife um, really um, teaches me lessons sometimes about trusting the Lord, and that literally her her whole thought process was that if there was something wrong, she didn't care. She was just going to turn to the Lord and say, "Here, Lord, this is your problem. You fix it." And he did, um, and he's faithful. Um, and he did. Today, today, on the other hand, um, I usually because I usually get up around five five o'clock, five thirty, make the coffee, and go through this whole process of getting all the kids woken up. And I usually leave the house for work around six twenty, six thirty, and um, my wife has to be up, and all the kids have to be ready because they all have to. My wife takes all the kids to school, and so she has to. Um, leave like right at seven in the morning in order to get all the kids dropped the three kids dropped off to school our oldest kid actually um gets a ride with his friends because he's in high school but 
So she has to get the other three kids out of the um, ready and out of the house by um, seven o'clock, so she can get them to school and get to work herself, which is actually like thirty minutes away. And so this morning, one of the kids walks into our bedroom and wakes us up and says, "It's seven o'clock." And I look up and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" I didn't even look last night to see if my alarm was set. I just like fell asleep, and so like literally, we're all rushing, scrambling through the house. Praise Jesus! Got to get everything ready, get to work, and work wasn't much better, but it wasn't that bad. And um, then um, I get a call, and so I'm, I'm a little bit late, just like 15 minutes, not a big deal. Um, except for that, yesterday I actually. Um, Yesterday, I actually had to take off early to um, take care of some um, CPS stuff, and then so I'm missing a couple hours yesterday for for my paycheck, and which my paychecks are pretty tight as it is, and um, I missed like 15 minutes this morning. Um, this afternoon, I'm like thinking of, I'm like going about my day, and I get a call from my um, oldest son's high school saying he has a fever, um, and I have to come pick him up, so I have to leave work two to three hours early. And so all this time, I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, God, um, this is getting insane. I'm going to miss, like, a whole day's worth of work and blah, blah, blah. And my boss doesn't allow us ever to do overtime. And um, so I'm trusting the, Lord, tr- trusting the Lord, trusting the Lord. I've been asking my boss for probably five months to be able to go in on the weekends and do overtime to get take care of some stuff that needs to be done. And he's always said, no, we couldn't do it. It's not in the budget. And out of the blue, this afternoon, he walks up to my desk and literally tells me that he just got the approval that we can have pretty much unlimited overtime for the next couple weeks. So, I mean, even though like I'm missing money because I had to take off for this and take off for that, I mean, something that hasn't happened in five months, out of the blue... Um, he comes in and says, okay, you can come in. If you want to come in for eight hours every seven days a week, including the weekends, he said that's completely okay. And so I may, I, may, I may have missed like six, seven hours this week, but, I, but eight hours of overtime is a lot more money than um, six, seven hours of regular money. And so the Lord not only provides, he provides um, um, exceedingly above what I was even hoping for or expecting. Um which is a, you know, it's a funny thing. I mean, sometimes things don't work out the way we plan, or like the scripture that says, um, "A man will plan his ways, but the Lord directs his steps." Um, things don't always work out the way we plan, like we we plan them in the way we expect them to. But you know, the Bible says, "His ways are not our ways, and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts." And even if we don't know what's going to happen, we can trust that the Lord's going to provide. And he usually provides in ways we would have never thought of, we would have never imagined. And when he does provide, he usually provides an abundance of what our need actually was to begin with. So that was my day. Um, so and then, are you able to work like 16-hour days? I actually, if I wanted to, I could, except for I can't do that because I have a wife and four kids who would kill me if I didn't act, if I actually tried to work 16 hours in one day. <laughs> um, or, But I actually, yeah, he actually said, I mean, I could pretty much work as much as I wanted to for a while um, to get stuff caught up. And um, it turned in, I mean, it's an amazing blessing. Um, and so yeah. I... I I was completely shocked. I've been asking literally twice a week for five months for it. I never really needed the money. It was just, okay, 
it'd be nice to come in and do all this, to have extra money just for whatever reason. I didn't need the money. All of a sudden now, the day that it comes up that it turns out I'm short on my paycheck and I actually need the money is the day out of the blue he gets an approval for me to come and have, like, unlimited overtime. And so, which is going to be great because then I can actually even, like, possibly get Chris to come in and have him work with me to um, help him out some too. Um, so the Lord is um, amazing in the way he blesses us at times. Um, and I have to keep reminding myself every day to constantly um, trust in the Lord. Um and remember all, because we were talking the other day about, um, on the show, we were talking about um, the children of Israel and how the Lord um, had performed so many miracles in their lives um, for generations and generations. I mean, amazing miracles. I mean, the Red Sea, delivering them from Egypt. I mean, the manna from heaven. Water would come out of rocks. And they would keep, every time a new obstacle would come, they'd start to freak out and they'd start to worry because they hadn't learned to remember the victories that the Lord had already accomplished in their life. And they, they, they would keep forgetting that the Lord was faithful. And they would somehow assume that if he, even though he was faithful in the past, well, maybe he won't be now. But the Bible says that he changes not. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the same faithfulness that he had in the, the last battle you, you go through is the same faithfulness he's going to have in the next one. And the battles we have in the future that we don't even know about yet. He's still going to be faithful then if we're willing to just trust in him. So um, that's my praise report for the day, that what the enemy, the enemy wanted um, to use to bring disaster, the Lord used to bring a blessing. So um, what, other, and, what other praise reports you got to tell us? I want to hear the other ones. The other praise reports? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Well, um, me and my <laughs> wife. <laughs> yeah, I'm still working on that one. <laughs> I didn't know what that one was. I'm still trusting the Lord for that one. Um, so that one will still happen too. Um, so hey, I got a friend actually, of mine. Um, <laughs> I got a friend of mine. He uh, smoked Cheyenne cigarettes. They're like Moors. They got the brown wrapper and the, you know, cigar-smelling tobacco. And, um, I mean, he smoked like a freight train. And he quit January 1st, New Year's Eve. And uh, every time I see him, I say, you know, I, can you imagine why in the world would somebody want to smoke a cigar? You know, like after we eat or something, he he just kind of looks at me with one eye because you know when when you've been smoking for years, after you eat or you know whatever you know they they like having a cigarette. You know what I mean? Cigar. Right. So every time I'm around him, I go, you know, can you imagine somebody wanting to smoke a cigar right about now? <laughs> but you know. Um, Give it to God. Yeah, uh, that's like every that should be everybody's permanent lesson is give everything to God. Um, right, and and I mean, like I said, I mean, even my wife, it's it's unbelievable. Um, you were talking about the Proverbs thirty-one woman, and 
you know, she she takes the cake as far as that goes. Um, I mean, just, I mean, and, you know, um, for some of y'all who were listening um, last year, um, I told a story about us um, meeting and stuff and how when we first met, I was completely positive this was not the woman for me. She was, I mean, I honestly, I was like, this is definitely not it. And, um, but she knew because the Lord supposedly told her like the first day we met that, 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 that I was the right person. And, um, she mentioned something like that a couple times and I pretty much not really told her that there's no way I, I, Lord didn't tell me anything. I definitely wasn't her. She wasn't what I thought I was looking for. Man, I was wrong. The Lord had the Lord set me up to bring the perfect woman into my life. And, you know, even I don't think there's a day that goes by that I don't realize how amazing and how much of a blessing this woman actually is. I mean, everything I had ever asked the Lord for that I wanted in a wife, this one woman has become. And it's it's unbelievable. And I still um I, I'm still amazed. because um, she she she's been a Christian for um most of her life. Um and you know, but she wasn't always the reader Bible every night, um or anything until the last four or five years. But you know, this woman can run laps around me as far as her, the time she can spend with the Lord and um, the scriptures and how much time she spends in his word. And, um, you know, she something I didn't even know until um, yesterday is every morning when she goes and drops the kids off, because um, our, our foster kid um, has um, certain um, what the teachers describe as psychological issues, and she gets frustrated easily, and she throws tantrums quite a bit. And um, my wife found the solution for it, Paul, was that she decided that every day when she um, is going to drop the kids off for school, she takes like 10 minutes once she gets in front of the school and stops and, and pray and makes makes them all pray together. And she prays for every one of the kids every single morning before she lets them out of the car. And I... And no lie, that six-year-old has not had a single fit at school since it started. She has been like the most perfectly well-behaved child in the world um, ever since my wife started praying for her. I mean, and this six-year-old knows what prayer is. Um, she loves to pray. Um, if there's a week that we miss church, she's the one who says, when are we going to go to church? If there's something... Someone she finds out someone is sick, she'll be the first one to pop in and say, "Can we pr let's pray for them and God will heal them." And I'll be. I remember um, even up to a year ago, um, we'd be driving in the car and I'd be picking her up from school and driving her home, and she'd all of a sudden, out of the blue, I'm thinking about whatever I'm thinking about, and she's in the back seat of the car, and all of a sudden she just pops up and start talk starts talking about how God's talk God talks to her and how much she loves Jesus, and it's like. Wow, um, at that young of an age, to ha to actually know anything about God and to know about prayer and to actually believe that you know she can pray for someone and God's going to heal them because that's what you're supposed to do when um, you need something is you're supposed to ask God for it and it's really amazing. Um, 
because kids that young, I mean, can serve the Lord. Um, I mean, they can go in their school and lead other kids to the Lord, um, no matter how old they are. So, um, once again, our call-in number is 619-638-8458, and um, I guess Paul's writing, and it looks like either Mandarin or something in the chat room. Um, Chinese. <laughs> Chinese. I actually am gonna yeah. I actually found, I actually found a program on my um phone, on my computer that's gonna so I can try to start learning Chinese anyway. Um so let's do this. Um let's go into well let's pray first and then we'll go into some worship for a minute. Um Father God, your word declares that if two or more of us are gathered together in your name, you're there in the midst, Father. Lord, tonight we honor you in this broadcast, Father. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would have complete and total control over this broadcast over the next two hours, Father. That you would enter into the hearts and the lives of every single person who's listening, whether it's live or through the archive, Father. Lord, that you would reach out and touch them exactly where they're at, exactly where their need is, Father. That you would prove your word to them, Father. That you are faithful and true, Lord. That the words that come forth from your mouth, or your mouth will not return to you void, Lord. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You are Jehovah Rophe, our healer, Father. So, Lord, anybody out there tonight who has any um, physical impairment, any need of healing, Lord, any sickness, any disease, Father, we ask that tonight, Father, through the blood of Jesus Christ, and according to your word that says, by your stripes we are healed, Father, we ask for complete and total healing on them in the name of Jesus, Father. Father, we ask according to Ephesians that the eyes of our hearts would be flooded with light, Lord, that we would know what is the hope of our calling, Father. Father, reveal to us what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe in you, Father. You said in Hebrews that those who come to you must first believe that you are and that you're a rewarder of those who diligently seek you, Lord. So, Father, tonight we commit everything to you, Father. We offer up sacrifices of praise, Father. We give ourselves to you as living sacrifices, Lord, submitting our lives to you, Father, in obedience. Father, thanking you for the blood of Jesus Christ, thanking you for the cross of Calvary by which we have redemption through the shedding of his blood, Father, which you have said that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, Father. Lord, and it is through the grace and mercy and the blood of Jesus alone, Father, and not by our works, Father. For you said, for by grace you are saved through faith, and it's not of ourselves, it's not of works, least anyone should boast, Father, because all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor will always belong to you, Jesus. For you are the one who is seated on the throne, Father. You are the one who the Father exalted, Jesus. He gave you the name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and every tongue should confess that you are Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, Father, right now, in the name of the Most High, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Father, the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world, we give you praise, honor, and glory, Lord. Amen. Um, once Amen. again, our call number, 619-638-8458. We're going to um, play some worship for just a minute, and we will be right back.
welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Um, oops. Welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Um, it's uh, me, Sean Holmberg, along with Paul Pintor. We have our good friend, Anthony, who's also with us now. Um, so me and Paul were, um, something Paul mentioned in um, the broadcast. Actually, Paul, uh, we have someone who just called in, so can you take it for a second? Want to go check the sure. room? Yeah, well, well, anyway, um, for those of you that have just came on board here in the last 15, 20 minutes, um, I'd like to just take a minute and pray for the young lady, Ophelia, over in Singapore, um, that God give her favor, that he continue to give her favor, and that um, yeah, it's the blessings of God in her life. Heavenly Father, as we lift up your daughter, Ophelia, from Singapore. Heavenly Father, we just pray that you will continue to pour out your spirit on her life. Heavenly Father, we pray, Heavenly Father, that you would build a hedge of protection over her life, that you would continue to dispatch your angels, Heavenly Father, and lift her up upon wings of an eagle, Heavenly Father. Lord God, we pray that you will send down your spirit, your Holy Spirit, and that you will rectify all issues in her life, Heavenly Father, concerning the authorities in Singapore. Heavenly Father, you know her needs. We pray, Heavenly Father, that because she is a child of the Most High God, she is a believer, Heavenly Father. Because so, Heavenly Father, the enemy comes against her. But we know, Heavenly Father, that your word says that you will fight our battles. Lord God, as we continue to lift up your daughter, we pray, Heavenly Father, that you pour out your spirit in her life, Heavenly Father, that you fill the temple, that you fill her temple, that you lead her and you direct her past, Heavenly Father. And, Lord God, we ask and we pray that as you continue to pour out your spirit in her life, Heavenly Father, that you give her the vision that you want her to follow, Heavenly Father, that you give her ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart that is a driver of the Lord of God, Heavenly Father. Lord God, we give you all the glory and all the honor, all the praise, Heavenly Father, over all the victory in Ophelia's life. In Singapore, Heavenly Father. Amen. Okay. Um, we had a guest on the, the line the other day who is um, going with through some battles with her marriage. And again, last night was the second night that I laid down. And about 2.30 in the morning, by the time I got in bed, you know, I was talking to my wife. I woke my wife up. Um, I generally will wake her up during the night and treat her with a piece of orange or, you know, something. Um, as you all know, I have a lovely bride. Um, the man and Olivia was talking, and she was listening to me discuss when a woman's in love with a man and they get married, both the man and the woman, 
They sign a covenant. They, they, um, till dead do it part. It's the vow that we speak. And my wife was mentioning last night that whoever it is, whether it's the man or the woman, that they just need to separate the actions of the person that's committing the sin. Um, and they need to continue to love them just as they loved them when they married them and forgive them. Until you forgive, unless you forgive them, then God the Father can't forgive you. And if you'll forgive him and let him know that regardless of what he's done, the flow in the spirit of a Proverbs 31 woman, forgive him, love him, love the children, and pray. If you'll just give it to God and forgive him, and separate his actions from the person. Because I don't believe the person is a bad guy. You just got to understand, as I mentioned last night, that the reason why marriages are always in battle and conflict is because God created man and woman to be one. Adam didn't have no problem until Eve arrived, did he? He was just having, you know, his day. As soon as Eve arrived in the power of two, Satan knows that the power of two, that's why the Bible says if two or three, it's like a seed. It don't matter the DNA of your seed. It don't matter how big, how big of seeds you have. It don't matter... Uh, how many bushels of seeds that you have. That seed has no value to it until the point that it arrives and is put with fertile soil because of the power of two. Um, Whenever a man and a woman join as two, Satan is after that marriage because God created it, period. So... Whoever the husband is, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus that God will convict him. We send out the ministering angels so that this marriage is equally yoked in Jesus' name. I pray, Heavenly Father, that this lovely daughter of yours, shining star, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you give her ears to hear and a heart to love. Give her ears to hear and a heart to love, Heavenly Father. A heart to love. A heart to forgive. To love the man just like she loved him when she first married him. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Because the deal is, is, is every um, marriage 
really needs to be equally yoked. You hear them talk about a, a marriage that's unequally yoked. Well, unfortunately, most marriages, when they start out, <laughs> are not equally yoked. If they are, most marriages, when they start out, are equally yoked, but they're not yoked in faith. In other words, they weren't married at the time they were married, they neither one of them were believers. You know, unless both of them miraculously come become believers at the same time, then there you go. Uh after they get married. Um I mean well, what we're talking about here is I believe the circumstances where it's an unequally yoked marriage uh marriage and God'll heal it. The Bible says that if one is saved in the household, then the rest of them will be. So my wife's suggestion, or the words from my, from my wife's mouth, Olivia, was that the lady needs to forgive him because the Father who is in heaven cannot forgive you. Um, it's all easy. You know, I was I was at church this evening, and I was listening to some conversations. You know, they were passing the conversation around, and I was listening to some of these people play church. And I was listening to one woman talking last year. I was calling her um, about some turkeys, you know. And you got to understand now that God's still working on me. He is still trying Bye-bye, guests. Bye-bye, um, Ophelia. He's still trying to deliver the Israelites. You know what I mean? Right. And he's still working on me. But I was listening to this woman talk, and I thought, wow, that's the same woman that I talked to last year because this farmer up north gave a bunch of turkeys out. And one of them, they told us at church that anyone that needed one, uh, a, a turkey for Thanksgiving, uh, they gave them a call. Well, I did. I said, you know, we got some people over here that are just flat broke. They're poor. You know, they're even on welfare. Oh, well, well if they're on welfare, he don't want to give nobody on welfare now. I thought, oh, okay. Huh. Well, I thought that was kind of odd. Well, I, I thought that's the ones that are poor, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I called her back up. I thought, well, um, okay, well, um, well, we got past the welfare deal. I thought what we, I, I figured what we'd do. I'd just come by there and I'd pick up some um, turkeys from you, and we'd go ahead and serve. We'd cook them up ourselves, and me and my wife would just cook a bunch of turkeys, and you know, the rest of it we'd just buy ourselves, and we'll serve, you know, Thanksgiving dinner for everybody. Well, no, I couldn't get my hands on a turkey. It must have been a butterball, you know what I mean? <laughs> it could catch slipping away. But I was, I was, I, maybe I got off, but um, playing church, you know, uh, playing church. So, anyway, um, Sarah, we love you. I hope the word that we spoke about concerning everybody um, 
you understand. So we'll talk to you next time you're on. Blessings. Okay, Sean. Well, you know, for all y'all listening out there, uh, we were talking about playing church. Um, Chris, okay, there, you. there you go. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Uh, what I was going to say is Chris, um, his pastor is actually um, helping Chris plant a church, um, which we're going to be starting pretty soon. Um and possibly also starting an online church. And, you know, it's funny when you talk about that. Um, when we look at um, what we um, have seen in churches um, for most of our lives, um, all of us, the things you like, the things you don't like, and then trying to figure out um, to actually have a real church, even if it's in just an online church or um, one that's in an actual building, because, you know, you don't actually have to have a building to have a church. Um, in the beginning, the disciples, um, they didn't go around calling themselves a pastor of this church or this church. It says in Acts that they all gathered together in people's homes, and um, they were pretty much unified um, with a common purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ and spreading the gospel. And they didn't have a whole lot to divide them. And, you know, something, um, if I can say this, um, and I'm I'm pretty sure that that Chris will agree with me as well, is that um, the one thing we don't like about church, some ch- not church in general, but some churches that we've experienced, um, is the um, formality of them all. And I know that you have to have order. And, I, and, you know, the Bible says there's a time and a place for everything in Ecclesiastes. But, you know, um, more often than not, it seems that um, and a lot of times the Holy Spirit gets sort of limited because we get into a routine in our lives, which somehow a lot of times carries over into church services where um, you can go to church and the minute you, from the time you step in the door, you could um, map out by, by the minute when something's going to happen. You know, the worship music's going to take exactly this many minutes and then there'll be an announcement which will take exactly this many minutes and then they're going to turn around and um, there'll be some message and the message, no matter what it's on, is going to have this many points and it's going to last until this period of time. And then by this time or whatever, I'll be home and on my way out the door, which, you know, having orders fine. But the one thing that always bothered me about church, and this may just be me, um, is far too many times I've been in churches and you could really, really feel the presence of God moving um, during worship or whatever else. And the Lord was actually doing something. And you could just, I mean, just the presence of God was almost like in the Old Testament um, where it talked about, as in, I forget which book it is, where it says that the um, the presence of God was so strong that the ministers couldn't minister. But because of a time frame or whatever else, all of a sudden it was immediately cut short. And it goes straight into the next um, section of the of the church service, and it's like, okay, you know what? And you just want to like like yell out, just wait, wait a minute, wait, wait for what God is doing, wait for the, let the presence, let God do what He's going to do with His presence, and um, and that always really bothered me. Um, one of the reasons that um, me and Chris have never, and Paul, have never really. Plan, 
planned out these um, these services every night is because we don't want church to get into that. We don't. I mean, we don't want the um, this radio show to get to a point where it's scripted and where it's organized and where um, you can tell by the minute what's going to happen. Not because um, we don't like organization, but because we want it to leave it. We want it to be open to the Holy Spirit. So, if He moves and we decide that for the entire broadcast we're just going to play worship music because we want to be in the presence of God, then we'll do that. And if God if the Holy Spirit puts on someone's heart some message about something, then we'll do that. And if a bunch of people decide out of the blue that they need to call in for prayer, well, we're going to do that. We're pretty much that it's open for the entire two hours every night. So whatever God wants to do at that particular moment, he has complete and total control to do it. And that he ends up having the ultimate control and not us. And because also that way he gets all the glory for everything that happens and we don't. Because we're not in this for the glory. We're not in this for the praise. We're not in this to make our names great or to make the Prayer International um, name anything. It's it's not about that. It's about him. And it's about touching people's lives. And we can't do that without the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we never know what he does or what he has to do sometimes to get people on the show. Um I mean, there's people who will call into the show. I mean, I don't. Paul could probably tell you better than I could how many different nations people listen to this show in, and you know, people who who are in, say, like Singapore, and it's early in the morning or whatever time it is, and they call in to listen to the show, or people who stay up late, and you know, we have people who listen two hours every night of the week. And, you know, I can barely do any, I can't even do the show two hours a week myself because um, of so many other things. But, I mean, we have listeners that every single night they get onto the show, not because we have the best music or whatever, but I think it's because of the Holy Spirit and because God's doing something. And because most of all, we're legitimate and we're going to be honest with you and we're going to be sincere about everything. I mean, we're not going to get on every day and tell you that everything is perfect and wonderful um, and that our lives are great and that there's never an issue. But, you know, if we had a bad day, we're going to say, you know what, our day was horrible. But praise God, because he's faithful. And we're going to have real praise reports. Um, and we're going to have real testimonies. And we're going to have real ministry. Because, you know, in the in the long run, that's what the people in the world need. They don't need um, a bunch of puffed-up people parading around proclaiming themselves to be the solution or the answer to anything because the only answer that anybody is going to ever find is in Jesus Christ. And, you know, there's a scripture in the New Testament, and once again, I couldn't tell you for the life of me exactly where it is, but Paul said the things that the, the people, and I'm going to paraphrase this, Paul said, the people who appeared who appeared to be something to me added nothing to me. Um, and he also said later on, he said, I came to you not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith may not be in man, but in God. Um, because um, all the victories don't come from because of the words that someone says. The victories come through the works that were already done by Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. 
everything was already accomplished. Every work was accomplished. Every sin was forgiven. Every sickness was healed. You may not have the um, the physical manifestation of it yet, but the the price was paid on the cross of Calvary. Um, you know, some of us, um, for those of us who are Christians, for those of us who um, have trusted the Lord and um, been saved, you don't always wake up every day feeling saved. You know, sometimes you just, I mean, you feel horrible. But we know that the truth is, regardless of how we feel, that Jesus died for our sins on the cross of Calvary. And that all our sins were um, paid for at that moment, regardless of how we feel at any particular day. And, um, you know, a lot of times people in general, and especially Christians, because, um, you know, in the long run, um, outside of, of being new creatures in Christ Jesus, a lot of us don't act that much differently than the world sometimes. And a lot of us don't think that much differently than the world sometimes, which is horrible, but it's true. Um and you know um your our feelings can be so decept so deceptive and they can be so misleading, which I think is one of the reasons why in Romans eight it says that we're supposed to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh, and we're supposed to set our minds on things of the spirit, not on things of the flesh um because it says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually li- minded is life and peace and you know um I would rather us have these broadcasts um, every night, and then when this church that we're birthing and that the Lord's moving into, moving us into, when it takes form and shape and whatever shape that the Lord ends up having it be, I would rather it be completely real to whoever's out there um, so that um, it's genuine, so people's eyes aren't going to be focused on us, and but they'll be focused on the Lord Jesus. And, you know, I said it before, if people get off of the show every night and or a year from now and they don't remember my name or Paul's name or Chris's name and they don't remember the name of the broadcast, but all they remember is the fact that the Lord Jesus moved into their lives, then it's sufficient. As long as someone gets saved, as long as someone gets healed and someone comes in contact with the Lord, that's all that matters. And that's um, and everything is worth it every night, every minute, every broadcast is worth it for the one person who turns their life to the Lord Jesus Christ because there's an eternity that a person is going to be in the presence of the King of the Kings and the Lord of Lords. And, you know, the Bible says that he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come into everlasting life. And, um, you know, speaking of that, I I don't know why this um, story just pops in my head, but, you know, um, Smith Wigglesworth was this um, famous um, evangelist preacher back in, I think, the 18th, 1800s, and he used to have these meetings, and he would um, be ready to start having an altar call or praying for people, and he would say, if you want to, if you just want to touch from the Lord, or if you need something from the Lord, just stand up. If you want him to actually really touch you, move out into the aisles. If you want God, and then he would say, but if you want God to meet you right now, then get to the altar. And which it sounds, um, in some ways it may sound a little silly, but you know, when the desire of your heart is the Lord Jesus Christ and you make him, you know, it says in it says in um, Psalms, um, David, or not in Psalms, it says somewhere, um, 
David said that he has become our exceeding great reward. When you make him the desire of your heart, when you make him the focus, when you make him the goal of your life, and that the goal of your life is not to get a better job or a better car or a better anything, um, but you make him the goal of your life, you make him the focus of your life, then everything around you takes on new meaning. Your your whole life um, takes a new form and a new shape because then you begin to realize and everything you do is you do it with him in mind, with him in focus. Every action, every word you speak is constantly with the thought of the Lord Jesus Christ on your mind. And you won't do anything that will mess that up. You won't do anything that's going to go against that because your desire is him. Your desire is to be in his presence. Your desire is to please him. And I think um, if, we lived our, if we lived our lives like that, um, we would see a lot more breakthroughs sometimes. If, and we would see a lot of the things that we struggle with just disappear if we just kept him um, in our mind like that. Um, anyway... Our call in number six one nine six three eight eight four five eight. Um if you need prayer for anything, um give us a call. Um uh, sorry I got caught up right in the chat room, Paul. Um, um Yeah, I hear said, we were I got another job today. Um <laughs> they were talking about going back, you know, to uh smoking. Um I was talking to one of the gentlemen at Wales, the same gentleman. I said, yeah. I said, you know, I had a gentleman tell me that if God, Dr. Mike Simons, you know, back when I first got saved, I was still smoking, you know, like a freight train for seven months, you know, until Rodney Howard Brown laid hands on me Friday night, July 18th at 8.30 at Bob Nichols Church at Calvary Cathedral International. You know, that next morning I woke up. And I tell, I've, been, I've told you a couple of times I was drunk in the spirit, but I was still, I still had my old port wine cigars on me. You know, and I was, I went from cigarettes to cigars. And Doctor Mike Simons used to say, "Well, you know, if God intended for you to smoke, Paul, He said He would have turned your nose the other way, like a chimney." <laughs> but then when it rained, every time it rained, you'd flood, you'd drown. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so you know, I try to, I try to, you know, hey, look, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna stay up till midnight, and we're gonna be with everybody in the chat room, you know, we all try to have fun. Um, I still, I, I never seen that, that little smiley face that the nose grows on it. You know, <laughs> that, that little smiley face caused a lot of distraction the other night. Um, somebody in there thought somebody was calling somebody a liar or something. <laughs> and they were trying to get them, and they called the bouncer, the chat room bouncer, to throw them out. Um, hallelujah. <laughs> you know, uh, there, are, there are rules in the chat room that promise at uh, Prayer International. You know what I mean? The girls make sure that everybody behaves in the in the chat room. They're the they're the chat room bouncers for us. So um well anyway uh Sean that. Yes sir. Yeah go ahead. I wanna hear what you gotta say. I'll ask you in a minute. 
Well, no, go ahead. I'll, I, it can wait. I was going to ask about Papa Moses, but it can wait. So what were you going to say? Oh, uh, what do you do? Okay. What does a man Uh-oh. do? I'm almost wonder, worried about where this is going. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> what does a man do or what does a woman do when when I catch my wife continually just in a in an abusive manner fooling around adultery on and on and on and on. I mean how, how what does a woman do? You know, I don't like speaking the, the name divorce because the word divorce because that's not what God intended. But I was listening to um uh the little black preacher up in Chicago. Winston. Okay. What's his name? You I had Brother no Winston. Uh, uh, Bill Winston. Okay. Very anointed. And you know, they were talking. Well, I'm gonna let you just uh, kind of uh, touch on it because I want to make well, sure that everything. Go ahead. Well, hopefully what I say is going to be um, – is going to actually line up with what you're about to say. So I don't know. So we'll see. But, okay. So here's the deal, everybody out there. Um, we'll get a little bit more about history, about Sean real fast. Um, um, my wife that I have now is not my first wife. Um, thank God that she's going to be my last, life, my last wife. But um, when I was a really young kid, I had just gotten out of the Army and um, – I rushed off to get married to the first person that I thought I was in love with, um, completely in my flesh, didn't consult God, didn't any of that. I just ran off and got married. Um, that being said, after, um, I mean, I, I, I was still a Christian and I trusted the Lord. I just hadn't really learned to seek his face and to give him everything. I learned him to get, I had learned to give him my 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 obstacles, but I hadn't learned to learn to give him my praise at that time. I didn't learn, I hadn't learned to actually walk with him in every step of the way. Um, and so, what happened is, um, life happened. Um, and after the first, I think, year of our relationship, um, we started having financial problems. And then, um, after, and then I found out after a year that my wife had cheated on me and me never being married before, um, only knowing about marriage, what the Bible said and, um, what I thought the heart of God, what the heart of God was at that point, I immediately looked at her and I was like, okay, I forgive you and moved on. And it happened like three or four more times. And every time I was like, okay, and I kept praying, I kept trusting God and um, believing for the Lord to work in her heart. And then one day she left, and she was gone, and that was it. Um, So it may not have been the best example, but I think as far as I was concerned, I was fulfilling the will of God and the heart of God by forgiving her because I realized, you know, um, and, and this is going to, what I'm about to sound, going to say is going to sound really weird to most of you. And it may sound weird to you, Paul, but when I looked at my wife, um, 
being my first wife being unfaithful to me, um, I, I learned that everything in our lives becomes a learning opportunity for us to learn about our relationships with the Lord. And the thought that occurred to me back then was that even though this wife of mine was unfaithful, how many times have I been unfaithful to the Lord in my relationship with him? How many times have I committed adultery against the Lord himself? How many times did I did my heart turn in another direction outside of him? How long did I go with in, in different times where my heart wasn't his and I would proclaim to him that I loved him and I would proclaim to him that he was my all in all. But in reality, my heart said something completely different. And so I took my relationship with her the same way in that, you know, the Lord forgave, forgave me um, multitudes multitudes of time. His love was ever, was unending and everlasting. And I went through the scripture in Corinthians um, 13, the one that everybody considers the love chapter. And, you know, something it says in there, and I guess for people, um, I always tell everybody, um, regardless of what anybody tells you, consult the Lord with everything and, you know, um, do what the Lord says. Be obedient to the Lord. Um, seek, read the scriptures, and then turn around and get on your face and your knees before the Lord, and you, and don't come out until you've heard an answer from Him, until you have peace from Him. But you know, it talks about in First Corinthians chapter thirteen, and it's talking about love. And you know, thir- chapter thirteen, verse four says, "Love suffers long," and it goes on. And where is it at? Um, in verse, in verse, uh, well, it says, "Love suffers long and is kind. Love is not envy, does not um, boast itself, is not um, puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked. It thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth." And then in verse seven, it says, "It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things," and when it says love never fails, um, whether there, where there are prophecies, they will fail. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Um, you know, through my life as a Christian, um, which I've never really classified myself as a Methodist, a Baptist. I've never even classified myself as a non-denominational. I just always considered myself to be a child of God. And there's really not much other classification you can put on someone, I think, outside of that. In the long run, I belong to him. And my goal is to be like him and to learn what is the um, content and the context of his heart, to find out what the heart of the Lord is for things. Um you know, I, I remember reading once this book, and it was talking about Jesus, and it, and it posed a question. What would Jesus have thought, or what, what must he have thought when he would walk down the streets in Jerusalem and look at a prostitute selling her body that he made and that he would die on the cross for to the highest bidder? 
and knowing that even him coming into the world, being without any guilt, without any sin, to take all of our sins at one moment upon himself because of, like it says in um, John, because he so loved the world, to take all that upon himself so that we could be redeemed when we didn't deserve it. Definitely didn't. Nowhere close, not even close. We completely didn't. And we deserved every bit of the punishment that he got. Um, and then he turned around and said that I've cast your sin as far as the east is from the west, and your sin I will not remember anymore. And with God, it's always about love, love, love. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've even struggling with my own sin or my own disbelief that of how much he forgave me. Um, and it's like, God, how how can you forgive me again? How can you love me again? Um, I told you I wasn't going to do this, and I did it again. And with God, it's always the same. It's always love, love, love. It's always um, a, an abundance of love that is never-ending. Um, and, you know, I think, in my own opinion, I personally... I, I don't believe in divorce. Um, Jesus said that um, when they when the Pharisees asked him in, Matthew, in, in the book of Matthew, they said, "Well, um, if the the Bible says the scriptures say this, and Moses said this, and and blah blah blah, and or it was a story, and they're like, well, if this if this woman dies and her husband dies, and um, and, and they kept asking him all these questions, trying to trip him up on the scriptures, even though he was the scriptures. If you think about it, I mean, Jesus was the epitome of the word of God. And he said, well, you know, Moses gave you a certificate of divorce because of the hardness of your hearts. And that's like a harsh, harsh statement, because your heart was so hard to the heart, to the love of the Father, and to the will of God that Moses gave you a certificate of divorce, but he said in the beginning it was not so because God made them man and fe male and female, and he said they would become one. You know, with me and my wife, I don't consider us two different people that have our own lives and our own purpose. I consider us one person and non-separatable. Um, I'm doing, and to give you an example, I'm doing a wedding. I'm actually performing a wedding for some close friends of mine this weekend, and part of their ceremony is they have these. And I think it's a good example of how I feel about this, is that they have these two big containers of sand, and they're going to pour it, this two containers of sand into one container of sand, and I'm, and part of the vows, and what I'm supposed to say is that as these two individual containers of sand um, are joined together, they become inseparable and that you can't distinguish the two of them apart from each other anymore. And, you know, I consider my relationship with my wife the same way, um, regardless of what anybody else says, is that, you know, I, at this point I could care less what my wife, if my wife did something or not because she's my wife until the day, until I breathe my last breath, she's my wife. Until the day she breathes her last breath, she's my wife. And um, my love for her is going to be the same as the love of the Father. And I'm going to see, I attempt every day of the week, no matter what problems that she ever could have, I'm going to see her the same way the Lord Jesus does. The same way he forgave me, I'm going to forgive her, and I'm going to treat her like he treats me. 
And um, so as far as divorce is concerned, I don't really consider it an option because God never, never, even though he always could have had that choice, he never had it for me when he could have. And I'm by no means going to ever take a stance that he wouldn't take because in the long run, I want to have his heart and I want to do everything like he did. And if I can't live my life just like Jesus, and if I can't turn, if I can't allow him to change my heart and to move my heart and to shape my heart, then I'm going to miss out on something. And, you know, I think when people suffer things in their marriages, I know I've been there many, many times. I, I know what it's like to have someone cheat on you or be unfaithful to you or whatever else. And, you know, the Bible does say there's, um, it says except for sexual immorality, I think that's what it says. You know, it's a tough one um, because, you know, there's your way. If you want it out, the Bible, Jesus said it himself, um, except for sexual immorality. And so if you want a way out, there's your way out. But I think that there's a better way. And I think that my my own opinion, for at least for me, is that I think that if you keep trusting in the Lord and you keep believing in the what the Lord can do and you keep hoping and keep resting in Him, that you can see miracles happen. There's like the scripture that says, as um, you and your household will be saved. How many mothers spend night after night praying and crying out to the Lord for their children's salvation, um, not always seeing the fruit of it at first, but after time seeing the Lord move in people's hearts. I mean, the Bible says that he moves the hearts of kings. He moves the hearts of nations. He can do anything. He caused, caused the waters to part on the Red Sea. He formed the earth itself out of nothingness. He crossed over from being from being God and came into the form of a human being. You know, the Bible says, Jesus said, Father, give, I mean, give me the glory which I once had when I was with you. And, you know, he did the unimaginable. And so I think he can solve the unimaginable. Um, someone mentioned physical abuse. I think and something like that, I say don't be stupid. Get as far away from the house as you can. Um, but I say... Well, they say forward. sometimes you use the... Sometimes there, there's two tools that we have. One is a Smith & Wesson and one's the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I me personally, um, my wife. Whenever we move, you know, somebody's gonna find some guns because my wife hides them all. Because I, I don't have quite enough Jesus in me yet. But he, like, like I tell everybody, he's still delivering the Israelites. So you know, he he just got his hands on me. But uh, the good thing about God is God fights your battles. You know what I mean? So, you know, the thing about uh, that is, is that I don't think there's actually um, – I don't think that we – there's a specific set of rules as far as do this exactly this way, wait this many days, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. You know, 
seek out the Lord and find and find what the Lord says into your life. Let the Lord give you wisdom and guidance. You know, the Bible says that if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who will give to all liberally and without reproach. Um, you know, God's working on all of us, and some people can handle some things, and some people can't handle some things. And, you know, the Holy Spirit may lead you to pray for someone, or the Lord may, he may lead you to go on a fast for something. Or he may say, get up and get out. And, you know, I, I would trust that regardless of what's going on, you can go, no matter who you are, you can go into the presence of God, you can seek his voice, find out what he says about your life and your situation, because nobody else knows. Nobody else knows what you're going through. Nobody else knows the plans and the purposes that God has in your life. Nobody knows the ways of deliverance that he may have set up, and, he, and nobody else is going to know the, the provision that he has set up in your life. Um I have a, um, I mean, I have many friends who are struggling with somewhat the same thing, and you know, it, it's never, um, it's never the same. Like um, Sirius said, um, for any one person, um, and you always have to be um, sensitive to what the Holy Spirit tells you. You know, we try as much as possible to, um, to. Um, Follow what the what the Holy Spirit says, um, and you know what we're going to mess up at times, and we're going to make bad decisions at times, and you know what we'll deal with it later. The, the Holy Spirit will always, and God will always complete what He started in your life, even if, like the children of Israel, you have to go around a mountain forty thousand years, or however, or forty years, or whatever. You know, He'll still get you to where He He's planning on get you if you keep, or where He plans on you going if you just trust in Him even if you have to make a detour. But even through the detour, he'll find ways to bless you and he'll find ways to reveal himself to you. And you learn a little bit more about the Lord. Um, so that being said, Paul, what were you going to say about that uh, minister you were listening to? Um, well, I keep putting in the... Um, let, me, let me... I just want everybody to know that I wish... Um, that I had the tools that I'm giving you ladies tonight to read uh, or to watch. If you'll go to see Mike Bickle and you'll watch that video, it's an hour and nine minutes, but it talks about prayer. And it talks about how he talks about how God, he just don't want a panhandler. He don't want every time we need God that we God I need you to do this I need you you know He already gave us our salvation for free. Thank God He didn't charge us or probably none of us would be saved. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know now you know you know. Uh, I mean just, just look at what they say about the tithe and offering. You know even the, of the of the hundred percent of people in the church only two percent really honor it. So can you imagine? You know, how many people would be lost? But when you go to this Mike Bickles, this man of God's video I gave you, and you start seeing what he's talking about with your prayer life, about our prayer life. Man, I, I, I was so excited today. I, I mean, I watched it twice. I'm on my third time. And I'm going to do what the man says. I wish I would have known it four years ago. You know, people come to me for prayer, and I'm like, you know, wow, you know. Well, what happened in my life is when I started praying for people, 
boom. I mean, 20 oranges at one time would fall off the tree, okay? I started seeing signs and wonders and miracles immediately. God, I mean, bam. I mean, immediately God gave me the anointing. Um, and so he gave it to me, but I didn't cherish it, you know. And what he talks about in his prayer, if God just gives us everything, then he'll never have a relationship with us. And he, and he, he is so true. Um, you know, that's why Christopher said, he, he told me the other night, he says, Paul, he said, you got to know I was there when Dr. Dale Gentry prophesied over you. And then he said that you would be a financier in the kingdom. And, you know, I'm in the financial business. You know, that's banking. And I've always told Chris, I said, Chris, I don't want to be a pastor. I said, you know what I want to do? I just want to be a financier in the kingdom. I just want to help God use me and my gifts, and I'll help finance the kingdom. And I'm telling you, I have it on video. I have it on uh, CD still. I've got it on my digital recorder right here somewhere. Um, he starts prophesying over me, you know, um, and... But you know what? Christopher said, one thing I'll tell you, Paul. He said, until God gets the world out of you, until he presses and gets every ounce of dirt out of you that's of the world so that you don't jeopardize and mess up his name, until he presses you like a grape in a wine press, he said, you know what? God's going to hold on to that supernatural blessing. <laughs> so... You know, that's why i got to be very careful, you know, about, you know, the blocks and 357s and four-wheel drives, you know. So, you know, I don't, I don't I'm very light-footed in the gas pedal and my four-wheel drive and my wife hit all my guns and, and I seek Jesus first every day. Um, I'm, I'm working on my prayer life. And if you guys will go down to that Mike Bickle, if you'll go watch that video, if you look down in the bottom screen, you're going to see, um, it says notes, PDF, and notes, Word. If you'll click on that notes, Word, in red, it's going to be all the notes that he's sitting there talking about. He's got notes at his podium. And you can sit there, and you can go back and forth in the video to the notes. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to change your life. And I, and I really wanted to get this out to um, Wendy and... Sherry, um, you know, because you girls mean a lot to us, and you're always on the line, all of you guys do. So, you know, I, I just pray that, that, that you take advantage of it. And these, these are all things that I'm using to increase my prayer life. I, I don't think I'm a prayer warrior, you know, but um, for some reason God uses me. And, you know, some fruit has hit the ground, you know what I mean? But I can tell you this much. More fruit hit the ground when I was first saved than I think that, that hits the ground today. And the reason why is, you know, we have a hard heart, you know. Um, and I saw so much fruit early on in my relationship with God that, you know, I, I was just like any other Christian. You know, you, you get lazy, you know. Uh, you know, we're not panhandlers here. You know, we're, we're soldiers for the Lord, so... Anyway, I hope that helps you guys out. And there's all kinds. I mean, man, there's so much information here at, at International House of Prayer. You used to have to pay to, uh, to get on this website. Now it's all free. 
So I hope that helps y'all. All right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, you know, that's that's one thing. Um, you will find us more often than not pointing you in other directions when we find something out there that's going to bless you. Um, you know, the International House of Prayer, if any of you don't know what it is, is um, a place in Kansas City, Missouri, where... Um, People from all over the world go there just to pray and worship, and they have 24-hour worship going on. And um, 24-hour prayer, um, I've been there a few times, um, an amazing, amazing, amazing place. The presence of God is literally all over that campus. And, you know, it's people who've dedicated, the, I mean, kids um, who've dedicated their entire lives to just being intercessors for the Lord and worshiping the Lord. And... Um, you know, if you go to their website, which is um, actually you can just do a search on, in Google for the International House of Prayer, and um, or you could um, and then or look for the International Prayer uh, Prayer Room, and literally they have live streaming worship of um, in their worship room t- um, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, something I learned a long time ago is something that will make a big difference in anybody's life and your life and our lives is if you make a room in your house, um, and I know all of our houses belong to him, but if you make one place in your house a dedicated altar for the Lord, and what I mean is get a radio or whatever and have worship music going 24 hours a day. Uh, find a place, a room that you can pray in and just make that room a place for you and the Lord to spend time together where you can get away from everything else. I mean, where you literally have the presence of God always in that room and, you know, it'll make a dramatic difference in everything you do. Um, I don't know if I ever told you this, Paul, but something about worshiping the Lord and being in his presence is, um, the Lord showed me something is that, um, uh, when I'm driving home from work, if I'm listening to like talk radio or the news, like I listen to a lot, I'm not always in the best mood when I come home. The house is dirty. The kids aren't doing their homework. And I'll be really agitated. But if I put worship music on on my way home, it doesn't matter what happens when I walk into the house. I will have nothing but the presence of God on my mind. He will be the only thing I'm thinking about. And, um, You know, the same thing is true. I mean, if you actually make a place for him in your in your house and you continually let him have um, have his way in wherever you're living, it'll make a big difference in your life. Um, So um, we haven't said it um, in a while, but our call in number tonight is six one nine six three eight eight four five eight. If you need prayer for something, um, give us a call. I am going to, since Paul said something about um, him wanting all of us, I'm going to put a worship song on real fast, and we will be right back.
International Radio, our calling number 619-638-8458. You there, Paul? Yes, I'm here. I was I was praying that the DJ get out some of that good spray and kind of clean that album up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, I don't remember where I I think I downloaded it and had to convert it over. So, um, anyway, uh, so you were saying that um, Papa Moses um, is going to be in town. Um, any chance we're going to be able to get him on the on the radio? Yes, um, he's getting a Holy Ghost cab. He said to, uh, from Dallas up here to Kansas, and. Uh, so I said, well, Papa, I said, what are you going to do when you get here, you know? Um, we got the money to get him here, and I called Greyhound, and, you know, it's like another $200 to ship him back to Houston. He said, ah, oh, he said, my son, my son, don't worry about it. He said, we serve a miracle-working God. <laughs> <laughs> I said, all right. Okay, Papa. All right. Uh, I said, I know he, I know uh, that that's true. I said, I guess if if you get here and, you know, he waits for a season until he pours out that supernatural blessing, we'll just build a room on the back of the house for the prophet. Amen? Amen to that. Um, so, anyway, he's coming up. Um, I know that we do serve a good God. And typically, you know, every Friday morning, for over a year now, I serve all the men in this town, the promise keepers men. You know, God gifted me. I love to cook. Um, even when I was in jail, the Holy Spirit knew that I have a love for cooking. And while I was in the Dallas Sheriff's Office at Lou Starrett, um, you know, I was always a trustee. And, you know, when, when you've been to jail 33 times, you know, they want to use your gift somehow. So they made me a, the chef, um, you know, instead of being in the line, you know, serving, having to put a chicken fried steak patty in 14,000, you know, uh, lunches. That's about what back then what was what in, in between Lee Todd, you know, um, um, New Holland, you know, uh, all the jails, you know, within the Dallas county area, you know, that were Dallas county jails. They just don't have loose Garrett, you know. Um, right. But, you know, when you're in the food line, you know, you may be serving the corn, you know, and you're you're putting corn in 14,000 plates, you know what I mean? And, and they're, they're, they're running them through there. So one day, Mrs. White and them, they, they made me the chef in the ODR, in the officer's dining room. And uh, I made this big old platter. I mean, it was about 24 inches long by 13 inches wide, one of those big old institutional trays they use that are stainless steel at the, in the cafeterias. Well, I made one of those today for the potluck dinner out there at church. I made a big old huge tray of macaroni and cheese from scratch. And... Man, them old women, they were coming up going, Woo, boy, I sure like that. 
macaroni and cheese she made. I said, yeah. And then I looked at him and I winked at him and said, you know what? That's what they call jailhouse macaroni and cheese. I, the good Lord taught me how to make that when I was in jail. And you see that little Christian in them jump. <laughs> you know, yeah, they, they all know my testimony, but, you know, I, yeah, I like to kind of poke them a little. Yeah, that's called jailhouse penitentiary macaroni, man. And they just smile. They hug on me. But anyway, I don't know how we got off on that subject, but um, how did we get off on that? I'm not sure, but um, I'm talking about gifts or something. Um, but, you know, we're talking about public. Oh, yeah, Papa Moses. Um, well, yeah, okay. Um, he's going to be here, and I cook up there, you know, and that's one of the gifts that God gives me is to cook. And I cook for Promise Keepers men every Friday. This Friday we're having sausage links, blueberry tin pancakes, and uh, eggs. You know, of course, they get, they get um, you know, coffee and grape juice. So every Friday they do a Goodwill offering. I've already I've already bought enough bacon and I've got enough sausage and I've got enough sausage links and I've got enough pancakes. Uh, the other day I bought like fifteen big old sixty four ounce jugs of grape juice, which will get me through four months. Uh, all up until June, July, because I got up to three dollars versus five sixty four. So I got right. in favor with the Lord on that, but at the end of the at the end of Promise Keepers Men, they give me a goodwill offering. So what we're going to do is we're going to take up an offering. Papa's going to preach that Friday. This coming two days from now, Papa's going to preach. And um, we're just going to bless him with the offering. That way it'll give him the $200 to get him back to Houston. That makes sense? Right. Okay, so he's coming. he's going to be landing in Houston or... Yeah, he's coming here from, he's already left Houston. He's been in Dallas off of Plano Road uh, preaching. Um, and now he's leaving tomorrow. He's going to come here. I'll, I'll pick him up down in um, Hayes, Kansas, tomorrow. A Greyhound there at the Golden Ox Cafe truck stop. And then he's going to come stay here tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I'm going to give him a ride back. To Hayes and drop him off at the Greyhound bus station on Monday. Oh wow, Amen. Um, that's gonna be awesome. I can't wait. Um, he's right down the road from me right now. Then, because um, I'm not too yeah, far he's away right from here. Uh, Plano Parkway and um, George Bush. Plano Parkway and George Bush. Yeah, that's only like five minutes from my house. Five ten minutes away. So. Um, Maybe I'll have a chance to meet up with them before you get them. But we'll see. Uh, anyway, uh, once again, everybody, our call-in number is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything, um, give us a call. Um, you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. And um, how much time we got? We got 15 minutes left. Hey, Paul, we didn't pray for a nation tonight. Did we have a, Did we have a nation for tonight to pray for? Oh, we got we got plenty of nations. What I would like to do, um, let's pray for India. The reason why, if you go to Prayer International, um, we just got a, we we've had a guy from Ramahindri, Rahama Hindri, 
um, out of India, and now we've got a gentleman, somebody uh, from Koki, India. Um, we've already got Brisbane, Australia. Then we got the Philippines, and uh, and then we got Quezon City, which I know some people in Quezon City in the Philippines. The Philippines is big for BPO work, business process outsourcing, where people over here in the United States and all over the world, you know, it's a, it's a BPO hub. And um, I did some investor relations work for a publicly traded company until a bunch of junk hit the store. And, and but anyway, I've, I've got a lot of people we know over in the Philippines and India. Um, um, tomorrow I'll be on the phone with a gentleman from uh, named Faisal from Bangalore, India, um, with uh, RNF Technologies. He's a friend of mine that I keep telling you about. They're, they're from Google and AOL. Right. Um, so, uh, let, let's pray for India. Okay. Um, do you uh, have well, your, uh, do you have your homework that the Lord gave you last night regarding the list of sovereign states or did your dog eat it? I think my dog ate that one, but I can pull it up real I can pull it up real fast. Unless you already have it up there. India. Here we go. Uh, the Republic of India. India officially, the Republic of India, is a country in South Asia. It is the seventh largest country by geographical area. The second most populous country with over 1.2 billion people. And the most populous democracy in the world. Bounded by the Indian Ocean in the south, the Arabian Arabian Sea to the southwest, and the Bay of Bengal on the southeast, it shares the borders of Pakistan to the west, China, Nepal, Bhutan to the northeast, and Burma and Bangladesh to the east. Um, in the Indian Ocean, India is in the vicinity of Sri Lanka, the Maldives. Um, in addition, India shares a maritime border with Thailand and Indonesia. Indonesia is where our little adopted a daughter we have, and she is um, um, Marcelina, which we adopted through Compassion International. Um, the capital is New Delhi. Um, the largest city is Mumbai. And... Um, their uh, currency is rubies, rupees. So, um, anyway, Lord, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for this platform. Lord God, as Pastor Mike Bickle said some 35, 38 years ago, that in a million years he would have never, ever imagined that he would ever be hosting a 24-7 prayer line, which today he's the founding pastor at IHOP, International House of Prayer. Lord God, we thank you for Mike Bickle. We thank you that through impartation and through all of our family at 
International House of Prayer, through Christopher, through Christ for the Nations, through Oral Roberts University, that through all the men of God, that you have blessed us with them. That today, somehow, you called on my life to intercede on behalf of others as a prayer intercessor. Heavenly Father, we give you all the glory, we give you all the honor as we reach out this evening for India. Heavenly Father, we ask you that you broadcast, that you just send your angels. Because our prayers in the tongue is life and death. And the words that we speak as God sits on the throne just waiting for us to open up our mouth, Heavenly Father, in praise and prayer, he will send his angels which in the atmosphere, if you go read Daniel 10, he sent an angel to Daniel, which fought the enemy. As these ladies will see in the Mike Bickle information that I sent them today um, concerning how to develop a strong prayer life, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you hear our words. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you will pour out your spirit on India, that you will raise up sons and daughters to prophesy in that land, Heavenly Father, that you will do a remake, a makeover, a complete landscape rearrangement, Heavenly Father, in India, all through its surrounding borders, Heavenly Father. We lift up the President, we lift up New Delhi, the capital, Heavenly Father. We pray, Heavenly Father, that as your missionaries are over there, that you cover them with a hedge of protection, and that you'll raise up prophets and priests that will preach and sow their lives in the kingdom soil that you will establish in India, Heavenly Father. And, Lord God, that you be all the glory and all the honor. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now, we got nine minutes left. Okay. Uh, what were you going to say? Well, no, I, I was getting Okay. Well, we got nine minutes left, y'all. If anybody needs prayer, give us a call real fast. Uh, 619-638-8458. Um, you know, India is an amazing place. Uh, millions and millions and millions of people live in there. Uh, and, you know, God's starting a movement there. Um so, um, you know what, let's just go ahead and put some worship music on and end that way, uh, probably the best way to do it. Uh, for all you who are listening tonight, um, you can still call in. You can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. We'll be back tomorrow night at 10 o'clock as always. And until then, um, we'll be praying for everybody. So everybody have a blessed night in the name of the Lord, and we will talk to you tomorrow.
throne of God. Revelation chapter 4, verse 2. Immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne set in heaven, and one set on the throne. Father, we come standing before that great white throne. The throne that's been established from eternity. The throne which is surrounded with transcendent radiance. The angels, the seraphim, beauty everywhere. The river of fire that flows from your throne. Oh, we love to stand before your throne, O God. We love to stand before the throne of God. of divine encounter.